Welcome, everyone, to episode 375 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And for this episode, I welcome back some of my patrons for another hour one episode where we discuss some hot button topic buzzworthy Mm, uh, clickbait, uh, whatever you want to call it, headlines in hard rock and metal. Next. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, so for this episode, I do welcome back Dr. Poison Brad Dahl, Mr. Yarg Metal himself. Check out his site, yargmetal.com. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson in Kentucky, and we have Johan up in Sweden. And they're on the show because they are patrons. Uh, you can join us on Patreon for as little as $2 a month, and then there's merch involved uh, as well. Oh, yeah, if you want the merch... Without joining Patreon, you could buy the merch as well. You can go to signalsfromars.com and go to merch from the uh, menu at the top of the page, all the way on the right-hand side there. And uh, look, any way that you feel inclined to support the show, whether that's picking up merch, whether that's following us on social media, whether it's telling your friends about us, whether that's joining us during the live show in the chat, or actually becoming a patron, all of that is greatly appreciated. I realize that in all the years that I've been podcasting, 13 plus years, there have been a lot of big names that have come to this. There have been names that have come and gone. And is the crowd or is the audience as big as what it once was? No, probably not. Uh, But I do feel that we do have a cool, tight-knit family here that does um, like to come hear us discuss different hard rock and metal topics, likes to hear the interviews that I do, likes all the other things that, uh, that I do have to offer. So any way that you can support is greatly appreciated. Look, there's, I always say this, there's a million other things that you can check out and it's just awesome that you're here. I, I really, really appreciate it. And I know that there are some people that say that, just to, um, you know, uh, say the right thing so that their audience is happy or whatever. But I, I mean it, man. I'm an independent podcast. I've got, you know, whatever following I do have. I used to get hell-bent on that stuff and get pissed off too. Why, why does this show have so many more people than, than me? And, you know, I can flip-flop it with <laughs> the drop of a hat, you know, let's be honest. But... I'm trying to stay positive with all this stuff. And I do want to thank you guys for being here real quickly. I do want to thank the uh, patrons that do follow and those that I didn't already mention. We have Sean Richmond in the UK, Chris Sinzak from Despo Geek podcast, Tony Espin in Barcelona, Anthony Mackey, the great graphic designer who set up the logos that you see on any of the merch or anything related to the show. He came up with the original logo and let's see, we have Metal Dan, who joined us a few weeks ago. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have the Metal Dentist, Gabriel. We have our Mike Jones, who was also on the show a few weeks back. Jeremy Weltman, who will be recording with me tonight when we discuss the new releases for the month of February 2024. You can check that out live tonight at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern And uh, I would say 6 p.m. Pacific. No, that's totally wrong. (laughs) Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. uh, And figured out for the rest of the U.S. Um, What is that? Uh, 4 p.m. Mountain and 5 Central. Uh, For those in Europe, it's 11 p.m. European Standard Time. And I believe in Australia, if you're on the... East Coast, that is 8 a.m. But anyway, join us. Join us in the chat, if nothing else. Some fun banter there. And before running out of time here, I do want to also thank 
Twisted Stephen Hoker, and Mr. Stephen Saylor. That is all, folks. Let's jump on into the episode. Here we go. Welcome, one and all, to the February 23rd edition of Signals from Mars. I am Victor. I am joined by Ed, by Johan, and by Brad. And Edgar Winterson says, wow, it's back. We've been back. We've been back for a few weeks, Edgar. Yeah, where have you been, Edgar? You're here tonight. So, um, real quickly... Let's get some of the uh, advertisement out of the way here. We have uh, Brad styling and profiling in a cavalierish bucket hat. We like to call it the Brad hat. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this this hat, it, I mean, just the hat. I mean, what really makes it, of course, is the beautiful uh, logo here on the front. But the hat is really nice. I mean, really nice. Yeah, I've, I've had many, many compliments uh, about this hat. So you cool. you won't regret buying one of these. Other than if you like somebody who doesn't want to be, I don't want people to notice me in a crowd. Then don't get one of these. But if you, but hey, if you don't mind that, get one. All right. I'm looking if- forward to wearing this to every uh, show I go to and. And, uh, yeah, any kind of musical thing that I go to. M3, maybe? Oh, for sure this will be at M3. Yeah, we'll, we will <laughs> definitely be rocking this at M3. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see uh, how many pictures Brad takes with his bucket hat with... Mark Mark Striegel? <laughs> maybe. Wow. Yes. Let's see if maybe he's I, accessible. Or Emily. Maybe Emily will come out. Maybe. And All right. Hi. Yeah. If you're in the colder part of the world, you also have a uh, beanie hat. I think that might be my next purchase. Okay. We don't have Jeremy here this week, but we do have the uh, Jeremy cap, which he enjoys wearing. All right. We also have the... uh, Stylish T-shirt. Ooh, that's what I have. It's beautiful. We have the hoodie. We have the windbreaker jacket. And we have a bomber jacket. So you can always go to signalsfromars.com, click on merch, and help support the show at the same time. So... Very cool. And look at that. Edgar says, I thought someone had died. Well, I'm sure there have been people that have died between the last time you've been in the chat and the show's gone on. Hey, you saw the hoodie at the Paris Fashion Week. Doesn't surprise me. Paris, Rome, Milan. It's been all over the place. Speaking of being all over the place, we've got some interesting topics to uh, touch upon. Probably the biggest out of all, which which I'm sure Ed uh, would like to discuss, is Slayer's shocking return from retirement. Uh, now, I've been hearing all types of different things this week, and... This isn't a tour. It's only going to be select dates. Mm-hmm. And Ed, instantly, what's what's your thought on this? Well, I immediately uh, felt a jolt of excitement in my chest when I first heard the news. Uh, but my first thought was just uh, wait a couple of days because as soon as those kind of stories hit, all the, uh, you know, pranksters come out with their their <laughs> memes and their right. new, you know headlines in addition to the story that you heard. So you're not sure what to think yet. Uh, and, and sure enough, that's what happened. 
I was seeing all kinds of funny things that weren't true that supposedly, you know, one big one was Carrie King supposedly saying that uh, he didn't know anything about this. Did you see that one going around? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you see that, I just thought to wait a couple. But my first thought was it would just be, a, you know, a show or two, Mm. which, you know, that that makes sense, you know, for any band to do. Uh, I mean, anyone that retires, sometimes they'll still do do what they do a little bit after retirement. Mm. It's not, you know, full capacity. Um, and, you know, and with some of these older bands like Slayer, I kind of prefer it to be that way to where, you know, they're at a point, if they're not, especially if they're not making music and they're just going to play the same hit songs all the time. Right. It'd be better just to see them every once in a while at a festival or something. Now, before knowing exactly what was going on, like you were commenting, this doesn't make sense. It wasn't making sense because you have Carrie getting ready to put out a record. Yeah. One that he said that has some leftover Slayer riffs and songs on it. So, and you know, the headlines were making it almost sound like Slayer got back together and going to be regularly touring. Mm-hmm. It was hard to tell exactly what story they were trying to promote there. But, um, you know, that's obviously not what's happening. And, uh, you know, if they're not putting out new music, I'm not really even that interested in, you know, that show that they're probably going to do. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I, I guess I wish all of these bands, instead of saying we're retiring, give a different message that, Hey, we're getting old. We may not do this much longer. We don't know if we'll be back. You know, we might right. play again if we can, but it kind of feels like they're, they're always playing with our emotions when it comes to the retirement stories. Um, I think they need to start sending out a little different message about, you know, cause after a lot of people retire for a few years and they get itching to get back out and do it again, you know, you yeah. kind of get bored, you, you, especially when it comes to the rock and metal, you start to miss it after a while and start jonesing to get back in there. Miss it. Or you start to realize that you've got bills to pay. And that uh, sitting at home isn't gonna isn't gonna pay those bills, and yeah, it probably makes more sense for these bands to say, "Hey, we're gonna go on hiatus." Yeah, we don't know if we're coming back. If we don't come back, you've seen the last of what we're gonna do. If we mm-hmm. do come back. You know, we're going to try to give you the best of what we can offer at that time. But, you know, no, 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 we're, we're done. And then three, four years later, they come back. Why? Because they're playing five festival dates at the moment, and they're going to make a shitload of money off of it. Mm-hmm. And and the, the biggest problem is the one thing that you touched upon. To me, Carrie releases the video, announces the band. They're talking up. The album, Napalm is, you know, probably among one of their bigger acts. Um, And all of a sudden this happens, which means that when is he going to have time to promote this album? Mm -hmm. You know, is he going to promote those shows over this album? You know, what's legally, what does it say? Um does this mean that his solo band is also going to play those same festival, those same festivals? You know, there's, there, there's a bunch of different kind of things that still need to be answered, basically. Yeah. It'll be an interesting story to see play out. Did you say five shows already? I've only heard of two. Yeah. I've, uh, this afternoon I read that there was five. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I you know, it's not like I wouldn't want to hear Slayer. It's one right. of my favorite bands. But, yeah, I just don't want any of these bands playing with my emotions too much by, you know, making us feel like this is the last time we'll see you again. Yeah. And then uh, when really they're going to be back, maybe after taking a good rest. <laughs> right. Um, Johan, what do you think about this whole Slayer reunion? Well, uh 
I have seen Slayer a couple of times or a lot of times since I think it was uh, 1994, the first time I saw Slayer. Uh, and I saw them at that time, many, you know, there were a lot of festivals in Europe, Slayer, and they were, you know, they were good, but not great. They played their set, and it was Slayer, and it was, right. you know, Slayer. But the last time I saw Slayer on the farewell tour at Sweden Rock, they were actually great. <laughs> and it doesn't have to anything to do with the farewell tour, I don't think. They sounded great, and it was something about them that they had matured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that uh, this is not the time for them to end. So right. I, I really can welcome this comeback or, or reunion, whatever. But uh, they were not ready to, to end. That's my opinion. Uh, because the maturity of the sound and the live performance were, you know, before they were more like, uh, you know, uh, not a smaller band, but they were absolutely not a smaller band, but they were not, you know, perhaps like a ice hall band at the most. Right. Uh, uh, but the last time at Sweden Rock, they were they were an arena stage band, and they were uh, you know they were playing hits and they were playing new songs and they, it was something else. They were really good, so I think the, this is this is a good thing, and I hope they continue. Not uh, not the major tour, but uh, you know do if they go to. They play, you know, Stockholm, Berlin, Paris. Don't go around. Play big shows. I don't care. Mm -hmm. They're good. Okay. Have they confirmed the lineup? Is it the last lineup that went out with them, or has there been? Yeah. Okay, so it's. I surely hope for Gary Holt because with Gary and Paul, yeah. 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 Okay. You know, you got to think too when it comes to these. Bands like with Slayer, I think that my impression is a lot of the retirement thing was driven by Tom, right? Which kind of makes sense because think of how exhausting his job must be, especially as you're getting into your 60s and beyond. Because he's not just playing, he's having to not just not just be a vocalist, but it's a loud vocalist. He's having to scream and yeah. you know big vocals in those songs the whole time. And you got to imagine if you're doing that night after night. After a while, it would wear you down to the point to where you feel like you have to stop. Right. But uh, and two, you know, if someone like Tom's voice is not sounding good, I don't want to hear him. Right. So I don't. I don't know if it, I, I know that touring can be hard on any old body, but I imagine, especially for vocalists, it could be even more, you know, hard on yourself. Um, and make you feel like you need to retire. But then after you've rested a while you and you're feeling strong again, you want to get back out there and have fun again. <laughs> Edgar is saying we might be back one day doesn't sell magazines. True. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, we can now add Slayer to the list of Motley Crue, Kiss, The Who, The Rolling Stones. You know, how, how many bands, Deep Purple, you know, said they were going away and they eventually came back one one way or another. Um, Motley Crue was the most embarrassing, though, because they did the blood promise thing. Remember that? Motley Crue, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, they were... Uh, cutting themselves to show how sincere they were that this would never be done. Rules were made to be broken. (laughs) Motley crew. (laughs) Yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. Well, they're the, um, 
as as the late Bob Now Bandian would say, they they are the superhero band that fed into their own uh, stories. So, uh, what band do you guys think is next? I mean, what band have we, you know, has kind of gone away that uh, you guys think would 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 be most possible for them to to jump back into the arena. Uh, we've we've mentioned a bunch of bands already. I mean, could you guys see honestly? I mean, Kiss just went away. Could we see Kiss come back in some capacity? Uh, there's talk of Ozzy doing two shows. After doing these two shows, does he, you know, somehow or another, decide that two shows isn't enough and start, you know, maybe not do a full blown tour, but play selective dates like Slayer's doing. Brad, what do you think? What what band is most likely to to be next in line? Ooh, that sounds like a Dio thing there. Um, oh, that'd be the last in line. Okay. Um, God, that's a really tough question. I'm scanning through uh, the Yard Metal playlist for the next couple of hours, and I'm not seeing any band who has retired <laughs> and stayed retired. Everybody is... I mean, even oh my gosh, yeah, some of these people. Yeah, yeah I don't know anybody. I mean, you could talk about like bands getting back together with the some of the people, the important people uh, that were part of it. Um, but as far as a band actually coming out of retirement, I can't think of anybody. I mean, uh, Ozzy hasn't officially retired. I mean, he's done that several times, but this time he's not <laughs> retired. He just can't can't do it. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm holy crap. I mean, yeah, I think at this point it's reunion type stuff. Uh, other than bands that there's just no even bands that everybody's dead, they're still playing. Um, right. I hope Kiss doesn't come back. Okay, I think Ed's with me on this. That was a good way to end their career. That that final show. And yeah, it's time to stop. Yeah, you could see that they were. I mean, they were really holding tight to get through that thing. And it's like, yeah, this is a really good time to stop, boys. Um, I hope I hope they don't come back. So that, that's uh, that's really the only band I can I can think of here that okay. is retired, currently retired. Johan, which band that is currently retired most likely, in your opinion, to come back? Ooh. There's that I, one band he likes a lot. Yeah, but. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's, that's I, can, I can sincerely hope that Rush perhaps uh, does one or two or three shows with a drummer like Portnoy, Mike Portnoy or so. But um, other than that, I really can't think of it. I th when Brad was speaking, with, I was uh, thinking a lot, you know, can I come up with something? No, I can't. Uh, but I was thinking about bands that are still great, but uh, are old. Like, you see a band like Europe here in Sweden. Uh, they do tours, and uh, I'm going to see them in, this, uh, in May. Uh, and they, I mean, they draw full arenas, and not because of the old songs, because of the new songs uh, and John Norum just turned 60 uh, the guitarist so I mean we can still be happy for the bands that still run and you know the, don't they have a new album coming out this year yeah yeah and they do uh, yeah. yeah yeah John Norum's last album was really good I thought yeah yeah, yeah I, I I need to listen to that one again so uh even though you're old, it doesn't have to be bad, as you know, we all have discussed about Judas Priest. So it's, uh, yeah. Now, how about Fate's Warning? I mean, they haven't really retired. It's just everybody's doing side projects. Yeah, uh, but um, Ray, um, I always get his last name wrong. Alder. Alder, okay. Uh, I always say Adler, and I knew it wasn't right. Um he said that uh, Jim Matias has no 
no desire in writing more Fate's Warning music. Really? Okay. Well, that could change. Brad, Brad, excuse me, Victor here. What's your opinion about Slayer? Ooh, thanks for asking. Um, You know, full disclosure, I've never seen Slayer live. Um, I mean, uh, obviously their legacy is huge. And, you know, part of the big four, the whole thing. Um, I, I don't, I don't begrudge them playing again. I, I, I know they re- said they retired and I don't know if it was like you guys talked about Tom and his physical ability and all that. And I don't know the reason for them getting back together. I would guess that probably there was a phone call that said, Hey, you know, we have this offer on the table for this kind of money for you guys to get back together and do a few more shows. Will you do it? I think that's probably what happened. Uh, I would like to think that Tom, you know, after like Ed has talked about after a couple of years of, of not doing it, it'd be like, you know, doggone it. I really want to get back out there and do it again. I mean, I'd like to think that these guys really want to play. There's nothing worse than seeing a band that doesn't want to be there playing. Yeah. That's the worst. I've, I've seen that on yeah. several occasions already. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Van, Van Halen at Monsters of Rock in Spokane. Uh, Eddie didn't want to play. And him and the Sammy kind of got in a fight on stage because Eddie's just like, hey, let's go back to the hotel. Like, no, no. Look, we got like 80,000 people here. <laughs> what the hell? It was the most, yeah, I, I, I became a real Eddie hater at that point. But then uh, the next tour, they were really good. So, and I understand he was having some issues. So I, I'll give him a pass. There you go. Edgar's saying uh, Brad still has his Seasons in the Abyss Blood Pack CD. That's true. That's true. I, I... <laughs> All I know, there, there was a band I was in for uh, actually quite a while, and our one of our guitar players was a huge Slayer fan, like huge. And he would always bring a Slayer song to us to play, and he'd play it for us, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And uh, a couple of the other guys would be like, no, nah, I'm not playing this. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit too much for them, I guess. Yeah, it's, intense, it's intense music, man. You, you can't, you can you imagine uh, being like a, a Slayer tribute band and, and like being awful. I, I guess, I guess I could imagine that. Yeah. It's probably, probably really easy to be awful doing that. Probably fairly easy. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, my, my band in the eighties, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, it was probably in the early nineties when we were playing a club and, uh, the, the owner was giving us a chance to headline. At this point, we'd just been warming up for people. And he's like, I really want you guys to headline, but he says the smart move is to bring in another, uh, an opening act. So you don't have to do three sets. So we're like, okay. And, uh, we asked around and some guy recommended these guys to us as two brothers, and they were a Metallica tribute band and they both played guitar and like Metallica, there was no bass, no <laughs> drums, no drums. I actually got a little video of this too. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I can tweeze that out and send it to you guys. It's hilarious. Um, but they, yeah, they had like a little drum machine that you triggered by your foot and it was, it was, it was pretty bad. It was, it was <laughs> luckily people, People stuck around for us, so that was good. That's that's why I say that I'm pretty sure that most of the bands that most of the Slayer tribute bands that were out there, I'm not saying that there weren't ones that were good, but I'm wagering that the majority probably were not good. Yeah, we had a Pantera tribute band warm up for us once, and they were actually pretty good. They were pretty legit. Yeah, the the thing is though, Pantera's, I would think, is easier, especially for the drummer, um, because it's more groove orientated. There isn't the constant double bass. The double bass is just kind of an added ingredient in in some of the songs, whereas a lot of the the stuff that Slayer puts out, or at least a lot of the 
more recognizable stuff has Dave Lombardo doing double bass all over the place. So that's how, yeah. How many guys can play that? I mean, it's, it's probably just a handful of guys. Oh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that can do it nowadays because of Dave's influence. The problem okay. is that a lot of people don't realize that Dave has a specific feel and power to his playing. Um, he attributes a lot of that to the fact that he is Cuban. Uh -huh. So he borrows a lot from other Latin uh, styles of music uh, but I've also seen him playing like Iron Maiden covers and Led Zeppelin covers and Kiss covers. And if you don't think about it, it, it sounds really cool. It's like, wow, this guy's different. But at the same time, he's playing the, the same stuff. And then when you realize that it's Lombardo, it's a lot of the same parts, but played in a, in a way more powerful way. He mm. beats this shit out of the stuff that he's playing. He's just got, he's, he's got a feel to his playing where it sounds like he's, you know, a lumberjack chopping down trees. Basically he mm -hmm. takes he, like with the Zeppelin stuff, he takes the bottom stuff, plays it from note for note, the same, but then he's playing it where he's just hitting the drums so much more aggressively that that's just his the feel to his playing. So, mm -hmm. and and it's yeah, no matter how fast he plays, he doesn't sound like a machine like so many other people can. Right, you can and, still and feel the character in it, no matter how fast. Yeah. Right, and that's what I was gonna say. That's the one thing to not only him, but a lot of the kind of OG players from that era. Like you can't mistake them for. A drum machine, you know, for as much shit as Lars gets, for example, mm -hmm. you listen to a lot of those early albums and he's fucking breaking new ground on a lot of those albums. You know, for mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, use revisionist history and don't realize it. But when those albums came out, when those first four albums came out, Lars was getting all these drummer of the year awards and you know this and that award and and it was because those were landmark albums and that included his playing um is Lars the best drummer even out of the big four I don't think so I don't even think it's close is he one of the most important musicians out of the big four you could possibly argue that he may be the most important just because of the fact that you know, he's behind essentially every Metallica song that's ever been released except for two. You know, whether he's written this, the, the songs directly, I think just based on his input and, and just his overall know-how of what he's looking for in music, I think that's, that's an important piece that maybe some of the other drummers don't have. I mean, I think Lombardo has that to an extent, and I think... Charlie Benante has that even even more so because he's the main, you know, composer in Anthrax. Uh -huh. So, uh, anyway, kind of getting sidetracked here, but uh, my last question, which Johan kind of already answered for himself, is, uh, and we've answered this a bunch of times, but can you think of any band that you'd like to see get back together that isn't together now? And maybe they are together now, but you'd like to see a specific formation. I mean, in, in that case for me, I would, I'd, I'd love to see uh, anthrax give it one more go with John Bush. Ooh. So uh, Brad, how about you? What, what band would you like to see get back together or, you know, bring back an old formation that, uh, that really kind of speaks to you? I mean, is, is there uh, a blue oyster yeah. that you'd like to see? Actually, yeah, Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, one of the guys is the original guys is dead, so that can't happen. But the two Bouchard brothers, um, Albert did the the thing that they uh, most well that they're releasing now, the concerts where they did the first three albums. He participated in all of those and the album part of it. He didn't do the the 
other music part, the, the second half of the show. But uh, he's he's been back in the camp, and then now they're releasing this album. I don't think it's coming up this month of old tracks that were never released, never finished, uh, that they kind of dug out on cassettes and stuff, and have put together. You know, I, I think the, I think we have the Beatles to blame for this. And, <laughs> And uh, yeah, you you put one of them up on the up on our page, and yeah, it's not like it's, it's a great song or anything, but uh, but it, it it's sung by the original bass player who has not done anything with them in probably forty years, I'm guessing 30, 40 years, and it would be great to see them do something one more time with the two brothers in on stage. Uh, with them doing their their songs, that would be really really cool. I don't know whether that'll happen though, but it'd be cool because yeah, those guys. Every time I see them, it's like, boy, how much longer are they going to be able to keep doing this? Right. I, I know they'll do it till they die, but that, that I guess that's really the answer when they when they die. Okay, Ed, how but about I'd, you? I'd love to see that. I would really love to see that. Okay, Ed, how about for you? Is there any band or? You know, you'd like to see get back together again or any formation of a specific band that you'd like to see get back together? Uh, I would like Anthrax with Dan Spitz. Okay. Uh, maybe if all the alive members from rap could get along. Ooh, nice that's, a good, that's a good Martini one. Martini with Stephen Piercy, maybe, and Bobby. Um, Udo with Accept would be nice. Yeah, that ain't going to happen, but yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, these are in my dreams. But, but uh, you, know, you mentioned, you mentioned Lombardo. I would buy a ticket to go see that show. What did you say, you Brent? You mentioning rap makes me think of a couple of bands uh, from that era who aren't really back together. Uh, still have done shows from time to time, like Poison is one of them. Yeah. Will they? Yeah. Will those guys ever get together and tour again? I don't know. I mean, the singers, uh, singer gets out there and does this thing just like Rat. Uh, and the w- w- both of them are, I think, going to be an M three. Um, and the other one is Cinderella. Will Cinderella ever? Oh, of course, they're missing the guitar player now because he died. So yeah. But will they ever? Will Tom Kiefer ever put together what he would call Cinderella and go out there? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have cried for those bands to to be out there doing their thing. Rat, and I'd say those big three, Rat, Poison, Cinderella. Boy, that'd be a great tour, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I feel like Stephen can still pretty well sing. It's not as bad as trying to listen to Don Dawkins do his thing. Right. No, uh, you, yeah. you're right. I mean... You know, you could argue that he sings just as well as he did back in uh, 1984, which really wasn't that great back then. <laughs> yeah. He that he made it easy felt. on himself. He was, he never really, like, sang anything. It was like, holy crap. Wow, that's really tough to sing. So, although it is tough to sound like him. I've heard plenty of people cover their music. and yeah, He's got yeah. a very unique voice. Yes, he does. You recognize him right away. Yep. Oh, wait, Kick's retired. Oh, I, where's Metal Dan when we need him? Yeah, um, Kicks actually retired last year, and I would love to see them uh, get together and play again. So, hey, I found found somebody that actually retired, Victor. Look at that, Kicks. They retired, man. Last show they, ever last year. Um, but I'd like to see them come back. We'll see if they do. Okay. Johan, you mentioned the guys from Rush. Is there any other band that you'd like to see get back together? Sure. Uh, Queenstrike. Okay. Uh, original original lineup. That would be uh, awesome to see. Chris DeGarmo again with uh, Jeff Tate and the guys. Uh, not impossible. They were alive, so that could happen. Uh, as Ed was saying, uh, rat, absolutely. Uh, and one of my favorite eras of Kiss is, uh, you know, the Unmasked tour. The Unmasked, uh, now not the Unmasked tour, but uh, <laughs> the years where there were not very makeup. Uh, the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that uh, those records were 
those records are my favorites, not the world's favorite, but that's, you know, closest to my heart to see, you know, Animalize, Lick It Up, Asylum again live with Bruce, with uh, Bruce uh, Colick on guitar. That would be awesome. That wouldn't happen, but yeah, no. that, that would be great. But you're right, it is possible. I mean, uh, all those guys are still alive. Well, no. not Eric Carr, yeah. No. But, I mean, Queensryche, why not? Queensryche would be amazing if they yeah. if they could somehow get the those five guys together. Um that would be that would be amazing. Uh I yeah, I, I'm with you on this one, Johan. I would pay I, mean, I would travel to go see that. Yeah, I mean to see Rage for Order and uh uh oh, the warning. Yeah. Um and, and uh, um yeah, you know the records, all the records, yeah. you know, to see yeah. something about Empire. Yeah. That would be amazing. Mm. Oh, here's one more non metal Pink Floyd with Waters and Gilmore. Ooh. If oh, they could get along <laughs> Again, we're dreaming here. We know it's not going to happen. We're dreaming. But it, and uh, Mason, he's gone. He died, right? Yeah, he uh, died. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the other guys, that'd be neat to see. They they did like, it for that Live Eight show. They they were able to get back on stage for what five songs, and then they. Okay, so it's right that died. Yeah, right, died. Yeah, you, you, Good job, Edgar. Um, Robert Wright, Richard Wright. I don't know. I'm not a big Pink Floyd guy. Um. Something with an R. In any event, yeah, um, they were Richard. See, and it was Richard or Robert. They they got back together. They and they went back to bickering, just like they had done before. They, you know, kind of went their own ways. And man, I have to say that I know that there are some people that really loved. Roger Waters' reinterpretation of Dark Side of the Moon. I thought it was terrible. It was one of the worst things I've ever heard because it's Roger Waters doing ARSM or whatever it's called. It's it's him whispering the the the, the fucking lyrics to all these songs. So it's um, trying to think. Uh, it's Dark Side of the Moon, so. I've not heard that yet. Now I don't think it came I out would. last year. No, it's not. It's not BDSM. <laughs> it's, it's him whispering the the lyrics. It is. It is not good. So and it's like Don Dockin. He's he's no. Don Dockin actually sounds better than 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 this. It is really. Somebody, somebody told me to play it. I'm making a list of people that sound uh, that Don Dawkins sounds better of. We got one. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. And it's a shame because I look, I said that I'm not a huge Pink Floyd guy, but I've played the wall a lot in my life. I've played Wish You Were Here quite a bit, played Animals quite a bit. Dark Side of the Moon, I could either take it or leave it. I mean, there really isn't much beyond those albums that I've listened to a lot, but so I can't really profess to being a huge fan of theirs. So, um, all right. We talked about this a little bit. Ed was kind of the catalyst. ACDC reissuing for the 50th anniversary. Uh, yeah. their, album, their album's on gold vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> and, I just bought all the 180. Grams, now I got to start all over with gold. ACDC, I'm just kidding, of course. I'm not going to buy all of that, but, <laughs> but I don't really care much for, like I've told you before, I, I like black vinyl. That's my favorite. Right. Um, but I don't know, still, sometimes it's cool to have some of your favorite records, like Let There Be Rock. If I had it on different versions, I would enjoy having that in my collection. 
But did you notice Let There Be Rock is not on the list? Huh. I didn't I didn't see the list because I've no. just seen a few ads. It pretty much all the important ones are, but not that one. Okay. What's up with that Edgar? Can you tell me? Edgar's a clever, clever one, isn't he? Yes, he is. Of course, I'm assuming uh, it's a he. Let's see, ACDC Gold reissues. So kind of weird to have match black and gold too. I think. So maybe this is my chance to uh, buy ACDC stuff. I've got a copy of Back in Black for you when I meet you. Oh, Ed. I'm keeping it here for you. It's got your name on it. Oh, thank you. So it's we nine, nine LPs. It's high voltage. So March 15th, high voltage, 30 deeds, uh, powerage, highway to hell, back in black for those about to rock, who made who, razor's edge, and the live, the, uh, the double LP live comes out. So, I'm guessing they're just sticking to the albums that have sold the most, I guess, to do this. Yeah. <clears throat> Strange. Oh, so you can buy them individually like or all together, it says. Well, see, now, buy them all together. If I'm going to buy all of those, I would need the whole discography. I mean, right. it would, I would have these ones that aren't there. I don't know if I could do that either. And and they then the other offer the entire thing, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. The the other thing too is that oh, and they're exclusive to Walmart in the U.S. Oh well, sorry, Johan. No, in the U.S. in Europe, I've seen I don't know how many merchants that have sent me um, yeah. already. You know to to pre-order. And I've seen it from several stores. Huh. So I'm wondering if the um, if the colored vinyl, like the it's back in black and highway to hell that they're doing it for. I'm I'm wondering if those are going to be exclusive to specific stores. It's a great question. Hmm. So Ed, that's your deal breaker. They aren't all being released, so yeah, I wouldn't want to buy a box set of a band that doesn't have all everything included. That sounds weird right. for somebody who's collecting, you know, like that. If you're spending extra money to collect records like that, but right. yeah, I don't yeah. Know. And 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 maybe the appeal for some people is that that it is a odd an odd uh, collection. Yeah, that'll be the one thing is <clears throat> if they just do it this one time, it'll be something that might be worth a bit in the future. Right. Could be. Um, let's see. So the the last thing that I have here on my list to discuss the new Judas Priest track, The Serpent and the King, which I think uh, Brad called The Serpent and Elvis. Correct. <laughs> um, my initial opinion of this is, I think Anthony Mackey was, was right in that it sounds like a, a track that could have been on 72 Seasons by Metallica. Just the way that the riff is, just the way that the song structured, it's kind of reminiscent of that. Um, then again, 72 Seasons is very reminiscent of new wave of British heavy metal music. So that isn't steering that far away from, from what Priest is about. Then again, it wouldn't surprise me that Priest would be trying to copy Metallica because they've copied several other bands in the past. So, um, Brad, the serpent and Elvis, what do you think? 
Um, I thought it kicked ass. Uh, I think my only beef about it is, you know, Rob doing his, what he calls his painkiller voice. Um, he doesn't do it for the whole song. Thank goodness. I mean, to me, that, that kind of thing, it, it, it's kind of like the growling thing. It needs to be used in spots, you know, pick your right. spots where you kind of go there and hit like a line like that, not seeing the whole verse and that, you know, I think I was close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you sing the whole verse like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can still do it. That, that's what the thing we, we listened to it in the car and Shelly's like, holy crap, how old is he again? Is like, he can still sing like that. I said, well, the fact that you call it singing is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, but uh, I, I love the song. I, I really want to hear this album. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, they've, they, this is what the third song off of the album, fourth song, fourth song, the previous, I think, let me think about this. Yeah. I think it's the fourth song. Fourth. It's the interesting previous- with, with firepower, they only released three and they're saying that this album is stronger than firepower. Um, well, of course they're going to say, well, you know, we got a new album coming out. It's not as good as the last one. But I've, I've, they, I've always, I've like always said that there's never going to be a band that's going to come out and say, yeah, no. our latest album was dog shit. You know, don't, don't buy. Um, I, I wish I could remember who it was. I was reading something or listening to uh, some band, a uh, kind of big band. And they were talking about one of their albums and said, oh, yeah, that we we hate that album. It's like, well, wait right. a second. Weren't you guys there when it was being recorded? Weren't you guys listening to this? Didn't you guys write this? At some point, could you just say, hey, we're not doing this. We don't like yeah. it. But no, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, stupid. <laughs> Johan, what do you think of the track? Mm-hmm. Uh Martin Popoff said on uh, his podcast that this this latest, this new uh, Judas Priest album is their best album ever. And I mean, yeah, he said. And I mean, yeah, I yes. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to the album. But yeah, I think this song is good. Uh, I agree with Brad that that uh, Rob should use his screaming vocal, uh, you know, to, you know, uh, some very, oh, Swedish word yeah. is variera. Uh, so variate, you have to vary. You need, dy- you need yeah. dynamics. Yeah, yeah. You need so, dynamics. Yeah. You can't just do the same thing for the whole freaking song. Anyway. I'm not the biggest fan of the album Painkiller, uh, but... This song is good. It's really good because I listened to it yesterday and today again at work. And uh, this is a good song. How, uh, how did this then, song go over at work, Johan? I, I had headphones. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was alone at work. We have a break at work, a spring, kind of a spring, a winter <clears throat> break. So I was alone in the kitchen. So I had headphones in. Uh, that's <laughs> you know, when I first started at the uh, poison center, I was, I was a much younger man and I would make people listen to my music. <laughs> that's, that's because you were, you were in charge, right? No, I wasn't. I just started there. I was just, a, you know, but, but okay. I was the guy who showed up for work. So I was like, well, I'm here. We're going to listen to my music. And uh, I didn't like blast it because, you know, you couldn't interfere with phone calls. I'd pause it for a phone call or something. But, yeah, you guys had to listen to my music. Although some guy got back at me um, on a weekend we were working together. He bought this huge box set of Bob Dylan. Oh, no. And he started from the first disc. And, I mean, after about five hours of Bob Dylan, he, 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 I was like, Okay, dude, we need to do something different here. Oh, Bob gosh. needs to do something different. You, you know, you talk about Rob Halford in a, you know, doing the same voice. I mean, Bob was doing the same. He, 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 for the whole freaking five hours. It's like, holy crap. I'd, I, I'd rather be listening to Kansas. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, 
I, I mean, I don't listen to Bob Dylan, but I, I never have. Ooh. Thank you, Victor. Uh, but yeah, I, I would yeah, imagine. I think that uh, the Good. songs from the latest album that has been released so far, uh, this one sounds like Painkiller, and my favorite, uh, Crown of Horns. I feel it sounds like something from Point of Entry and Scream for Vengeance, perhaps. So, uh, and it's really good. So, I, I'm with I'm with Johan on this. Okay, Johan, we need to, we need to hang out more. Yeah, yeah, we do hang a lot. We do hang out more. Yeah, I I think perhaps Judas Priest has a a really good album coming this March. It, it would be, I mean, no one would be happier than me to 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 hear a real good Judas Priest album again. So I think it's it's good. And Rob sings, I mean, is he 71? Two. Two? Two. 72. Yeah. Amazing. And the voice, yeah. it sounds like there's no, uh, you know, Effects on the vocals or so. It's, he sings. It's awesome. he sings. Yeah, I'm impressed. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though. If you watch that, as uh, a Bloodstock, the KK's Priest uh, mm-hmm. video that's out there, you li- watch the last song, "Victim of Changes," and holy crap, mm-hmm. man, Ripper, unbelievable. That mm-hmm. dude can really, really sing. He's a little weird on stage, though, isn't he? I mean, he kind of does this. I don't know. He he's a little he's a little weird, but man, that guy can sing. Holy crap! Uh, when Judas Priest were, this is uh, you know, sorry for breaking in here, but when they were playing here in Sweden and when uh, Ripper was singing, uh, they played small places here in Sweden, mm-hmm. and uh, my friends were to see. Uh, uh, were to see them and uh, they went backstage and Ripper was like the other guys from Judas Priest were rock stars but Ripper was uh, like kind of like a he was like a businessman he was uh, he 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 was he, he, he was nothing like the others even hmm. though they're from England but he he was like an American businessman who uh, mm. met the fans, so that was a very special uh, kind of a special guy. But he sings really well. I agree. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to meet him, Victor. You ever chat with him? I have. Yeah, and he was cool. He was cool. Uh, there you uh, go. When I interviewed him, and um, I've exchanged a few emails with him way back when, and he was always cool to me. Maybe he's a really cool dude. All right, that's that's another one of my goals. After I get to hang with uh, Ed in person, Johan in person, Ripper, yeah. <laughs> After Mike yep. Jones and Steve, and uh, he's, he's in Ohio. Uh, yeah. Ed, what do you think of the new Priest songs? Have you heard them? Yeah, I listened to it before the show, and it was great. I liked it better than the uh, video, the first video that you posted. <clears throat> Has that been a few weeks now? I can't remember. Uh, the um, first one? No, it's it's been maybe two, three months at this point. Yeah. But as usual, I mean, I'm glad the guy's out there doing what he's doing. But as usual, Martin is wrong. You're not hearing anything that is different or, I mean, better than screaming or British or uh, sad wings. Uh, he, he says some weird stuff. Well, he's, didn't he say it was uh, he's entertaining, entertaining to listen to, but it's, yeah, he's, he's got yeah. strange, uh, strange ideas sometimes. There's, mm. there's, there's two things to consider. One, he likes to stir shit up. I think he does. Yeah. And two, uh, at the end of the day, it all depends on who's paying for more ads. Yeah. So yeah, that band Love Hate must have paid him a lot of money. 
Yeah. Uh, well, that seems to be, he seems to think they're one of the best bands of all time. <laughs> you, I mean, he goes on and on about, yeah, he, he's funny. Yeah. What's the chance of them having a reunion? Hmm. Love hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very difficult. I mean, they could go out under that name, but as far as the four original members, I don't think we'll ever see that. At least um, from the interviews that I've mm. yeah. seen or, or heard Jizzy talk about that, you know, I guess the guitarist doesn't play anymore and um, and he doesn't really get along with the other members. And so, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm hoping to be wrong, you know, after really? I listen to it. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and apologize and admit here's, my. Here's the real problem, though, is that there's probably nobody calling up, uh, you know, Jizzy's manager saying, hey, got this big check here for you putting uh, love hate back together again. He seems <laughs> he seems to think that in the UK they've got a huge audience. Who knows? He probably knows better than I do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do have to say this. I I never. Well, I guess I I have. I saw the love hate on their very first tour, warming up for Dio, mm-hmm. uh, back in the Rowan Robertson uh, era, which was one tour, and uh, they were really good. They were really good, man. The bass player, oh, they, like that, that dude, ripped it up, man. Yeah, but they were yeah, just yeah. nuts. Their, their their first few albums were, you know, were were. Loved by critics and fans alike. And the the bass player was the one thing that stood out because you had someone who's playing like Flea, basically, within a, a hard rock metal band, you know? So it was unique at the time. It was, you know, it predated Rob Trujillo and, and other people that maybe incorporated funkier style of playing with within metal, so... Yeah, that for their first album, Rock Solid. It's really, really good. Johan, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in 89, 90, 91, I bought a lot of uh, uh, foreign uh, music magazines, uh, both, uh, you know, uh, both English and uh, from US. And there was a lot about this band, Love and Hate. Mm-hmm. And back then and now, they are pretty much unknown here in no, Scandinavia. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've only heard of them because of the magazines that right. I bought uh, yeah. almost, yeah, you know, 30 years ago. I, I, I don't know a song. I, don't, I, have, I haven't heard a song of them. Now, perhaps I have heard, but yeah. you know what I mean? But they are so unknown here. Yeah, but that's, I think that's a common theme of them everywhere. I mean, they uh, were kind of at the tail end of the the whole L.A. strip scene, and, and they really didn't fit in there either. I mean, they weren't. They they had more to offer, so I don't think they quite caught on because they didn't have, you know, the ballads that other bands had. Uh, their biggest songs were probably um, off of that Black first. What's that? Blackout in the Red Room. Um, why do you think why, they call it dope? Call it dope. Yeah. yeah, those are the two songs that got a lot of play on MTV in the U.S. Then... Um, their second album really didn't get that much play. And then their third album, Eddie Trunk would play the hell out of the song Spinning Wheel and Let's Rumble, um, which the album I think is called Let's Rumble. Let's Rumble, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spinning so those got played a lot, but they got played a lot because they had you know someone like Eddie Trunk who was really into the band and, and played them, but they weren't really anywhere else. I mean, I guess in the pop-off household, they got played a lot. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard him, actually, and I'm not saying they're a bad band. It's just like when you listen to him uh, or read his album rankings of, like, best of all time, he, he ranks that stuff 
you know, above some other things that just make you shake your head. Mm. But anyway, that that new Priest song, though, was great. I love the tone, the riffs in that song. Um, Yeah, they they were all sounding like they are on firepower. Hopefully it'll be, you know, another good record just like that, if not better. The heavier, the better. Yeah. You know what's going to make it better? Is that Ronnie Romero's not doing the vocals? <laughs> Nothing against Ronnie's vocals. It's just I, I enough already. Okay. The the problem is that if he's appearing on every single project that Frontiers has, it just gets boring after a while. Exactly. Yeah. And plus, it's it's like, what's the viability of this band going out and doing shows? I mean, if he's their, you know, singer. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. there's two chances, slim and none. Yeah, yeah. Michael Schenker's found that out. I mean, I guess he did a few shows with him, but yeah, yeah. All right, so awesome. Uh, we're gonna wrap things up here with another great discussion that we had tonight. Uh, I want to thank Ed in Kentucky. I want to thank Johan in Sweden. I want to thank thank uh, Brad, who all of a sudden uh, entered into a Frankie Goes to Hollywood video there with the laser lights going on. Yeah, I'm shooting lasers out of my ass. There you go. I guess it is kind of a Frankie Go to Hollywood thing, isn't it? There you go. Um, look at that. Edgar Winterson has got a Wasted in America CD single, which is the title mm-hmm. track off of the second album phenomenon. Second from love hate. Anyway, I want to thank Edgar as well for keeping the chat lively as he usually does when he's here. Good to see you, Edgar. Yep. Laser beam me, uh, I think is what you're looking for there Ed Edgar. Uh, in any event, thanks again to anyone who's watching live or watching the replay, listening to the podcast version. We will see you next time right here on Signals from Mars. See ya. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Signals from Mars podcast. You can subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 